Welcome to episode 24. This is our Kobe episode. We did our Jordan episode last week. Now it's our Kobe episode of the Dirty Water podcast. Today is Friday. I think it's the first Friday we've ever done this. January 20, not what the heck is the date? January 8th. I don't know why. It's episode 24. January 8th, 2021. We're in 2021. Can you believe that, guys? It's our first episode of the new year. Uh, Let's hope this is a little bit better year than the last one. Uh, I'm Chris. Uh, We are not in the sandcastle today. Mikey is not broadcasting this. We are doing this on my phone and on Billy's laptop. Billy, what's up, my man? Yeah, it really is. Uh, I agreed that the Kobe episode with with it being the eighth day of the month and the 24th episode. So we got both of Kobe's numbers in here. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be with you guys. Uh, 2021, here we are. Um, hopefully you guys, the sound quality is, is okay here. I'm my remote again because wonderful sandbag. Mikey is uh, off covering the very important happenings in the world, all the craziness we had this week. But we won't bog you down with that too much. We hope everyone's doing well, safe. Um, today, we have uh, a shorter episode than normal. We're going to go through a recap of our picks last week, talk about the college football national championship game, and then go into the NFL wildcard weekend games on Saturday, tomorrow, and on Sunday. Um, before we do that, Chris, you got a little recognition from uh, Dave Portnoy this week. You're doing some cool things with the Barstool Fund. Do you want to talk about that real quick? So, you know, obviously, it's, with what's going on in the world, there's a lot of people out of work. Uh, there's a lot of small businesses closed. And I'll even refer back. We just talked about the fact that Mikey's working today. You know, for those of you who don't know who the Sandbag is, Sandbag is my partner, Mikey. Uh, he's the third partner at Dirty Water. Everybody knows Jeff and, and me. Um, Mikey's the third guy, and, you know, the reason he's been able to actually broadcast all these podcasts since we started about almost half a year ago, it's because he's been out of work, uh, like a lot of other Americans. Mikey's a cameraman for NBC, and with all the virtual broadcasting that's been going on, all the Zoom and this and that for the last several months, you know, guys like him have been having to collect unemployment and work part-time. Well, Obviously, Mikey got called in for all the happenings on Capitol Hill this week because, you know, for, for obvious reasons. Um, and that leads me to the Barstool Fund. You know, I, I think if if anybody hasn't heard about it yet, maybe you're living under a rock. The Barstool Fund, created by Dave Portnoy Barstool a couple weeks ago, uh, it is strictly for small businesses. Um, I believe their fundraising efforts are, are now over $20 million. And... I made a decision with the business about 10 days ago, uh, and we did an interview uh, with a local publication, Daily Caller, and we announced that we are going to do an open bar every Wednesday, uh, free. I will not take a dime. We will not swipe a credit card. Uh, free from dirty water. We'll donate all the liquor. We'll donate all the beer. We'll donate all the labor. Um, and what I ask of all the patrons that come in is – Get on your phone and donate to the Barstool Funds. That goes directly to small businesses. And we did our first one last night. It was originally scheduled for this past Wednesday for obvious reasons. That did not happen, but we did do it last night, Thursday. I think we had close to 30 participants. We raised about 600 bucks. Um, we have 60 outdoor seats that we legally have to, given the current uh, status of, of what the mayor has uh, bars and restaurants doing uh, right now. So uh, I'd like to see this coming Wednesday, which is five days from now. I'd love to see 60 bucks 
20 bucks, that's 1200 bucks. That goes to a small business somewhere. Guys, that's a power bill. That's wages for a cook. Who knows? Who knows? But it goes to somebody who needs it. Um, we have been able to hang in there, dirty water, through this COVID. Uh, we were closed for three and a half months. We're, we returned to opening in late June when phase two kicked in. We've kind of found our way through the woods. Believe me, we're not turning a big money profit by any means. But we're okay, and so I felt the need to do this. So um, we got off to a good start last night, and I, I think the reason we probably didn't have quite as many numbers as I expect is a lot of people were pretty freaked out to leave their house yesterday, which is completely understandable. But let's get back to normal next week. Wednesdays, every, we're doing it every Wednesday. As long as the bar school fund is in existence, we are going, we are committed 100% to doing this every Wednesday. It's an open bar, 7 to 10. You donate at least 20 bucks, minimum of 20. If you want to donate more, that's awesome, but 20 we'll take. And that's what we would charge you for the open bar anyway. Uh, and then we ask that you bring cash to tip the bartenders, Just throw it in the tip jar on the way out the door. Uh, and that's it, guys. It's really simple. Uh, there's not a lot to it except just come in, have a good time, spend the same money you would spend at Dirty Water anyway. But we're just going to give that to another business. And that's what we're going to do on Wednesdays for uh, – and, and let me throw this one, one other thing that, that everybody kind of needs to understand for those who've never, who've never owned a small business or managed one or things like that. You know, you know we, we, we know vaccines are coming. We know that there's a decent chance that by the spring businesses will start to reopen, we hope. Um, but what you also need to understand with that is all the back pay, the back utility bills, the back rent what have you, uh, even if we are at full blast by the summer, that does not mean the businesses that suffered during the last eight, nine months will be out of the woods. So I fully expect the Barstool Fund to continue probably the whole year. And like I just said, as long as they're doing it, we're doing it. Um, let's talk about some sports, Billy. I mean, that's, that's awesome what you guys are doing, Chris. I think it's a, a great thing. Um, you know, there's so many people that can contribute to small businesses, but obviously it's, it's tough for small businesses like Dirty Water, who, you know, were greatly impacted financially by this to help out other small businesses. So, you know, it's, it's an awesome thing you're doing. Um, definitely worth noting, too. Again, it's the same open bar, one of the cheapest open bars of anywhere in D.C., three hours for 20 bucks. Can't beat that deal. You're paying the same amount, and it's going towards a good cause. It's also worth noting that, you know, the outdoor seating is open and there are TVs outside. So, you know, what's happening on Wednesday nights every week, there's NBA games happening. Come watch the Celtics, come watch the Wizards um, and donate to a good cause. So appreciate you doing that. Um, so speaking of the NBA, we're not going to talk about them this week, but we will hit them and probably a little college basketball talk next week after we get past college football and the uh, slate of NFL games start to dwindle down throughout the playoffs. But let's start with a little recap of how we did last week. Uh, we started with college football, picked the semifinal games. Um, we were not the most impressive that we've ever been in college football. I was 2-2. Two and two. You were 1-2 and two because you didn't pick one of the over-unders. Uh, so not our best week in college football. That's never been our bread and butter. Uh, but we'll look to bounce back here. We've got some good picks for Bama, Ohio State. Um, on the NFL side... I was seven, eight, and one, and Chris was eight, seven, and one. So he got one game back on me. Chris is now sitting three games back on the season behind me. Uh, we're both sitting right around 500. So, you know, hopefully we'll finish up, play off, pick strong, and both end up above that. 
Um, how you feeling being being three picks back? You confident in your your playoff game here, Chris? Man, I swear it was like about six thirty in the afternoon last uh, Sunday, and at there was a moment where I had Billy down like five games, and I'm like, oh my god, can everything just end right now? And I can claim the regular season title, and we'll call the playoffs something else. And I can say I won. Of course, according to cornhole rules, I have won because I'm eight seven one eight seven eight one. So I get the cornhole bags in my hand to throw first because that's how it works. So really, I'm the winner and the champion right now. Um, if you really want to know, but no, I'm telling you, it was crazy. I was I was so like, oh my god, I gotta win, I gotta win, I gotta win. Um, if you guys didn't figure it out last week. You know, we picked every game opposite. And then how funny that we picked every game opposite and it comes out to 7 8 1 and 8 7 1. That's ridiculous. Uh, that, that there was such a small swing of picking every game opposite. Uh, maybe maybe I am now the George Costanza for those you Seinfeld fans out there of picking football games. Just do the opposite. You know, what the hell? And apparently it works. Um, so we're going to hit the playoffs. And I swear, I'm telling you, either I'm going to catch Billy and beat him or he wins the season bet, and I don't even know what he's got in store for me, but it probably won't be a lot of fun for me. <laughs> yeah, we will see. So what what we'll do, and, and I was thinking about this before, and, and you know, I haven't talked to Chris about it yet, but I think we should just keep the picks running, uh, add them to the tally. We, you know, we won't separate playoffs versus regular season. Let's just do a full NFL season, uh, tally the picks up the whole way. Um, so we'll do that for NFL. Before we get there, let's talk about the college football championship game. Um, so the last two games we saw Bama put some work in on Notre Dame. There was actually Notre Dame had kind of a wild backdoor cover at the game. They were getting the brakes beat off of them the whole day and they scored a touchdown pretty late to cover the 20 points. Um, but Bama was in control of that game the whole time. And the real story that people were talking about is, is not a whole lot of people expected Ohio state to be the team that faced Bama in the final. They were, uh, I think seven and a half point underdogs to Clemson were in control. Mostly that whole game, Justin Fields, I think had six touchdowns. I really didn't think many people expected. I certainly didn't expect, uh, Justin Fields to be that performant on the field. Uh, this matchup again, it's Monday night college football national championship is always on a Monday night. So this coming Monday, three days from now, Bama and Ohio state, um, I have a bunch of lines here that we'll talk about. So not just the spread and the over under, which is where we'll start. Um, but what I did here is, you know, this is one of those games that when it's a big deal like this, this and the Super Bowl, and I talked about it for futures picks as well for big games, it's worth shopping lines. Meaning, you know, go to different places that you can place bets, different bookies, and figure out who has the best line for you. So what I did for these picks is I put the lines that are most favorable for either side. So, for example, we'll start with the spread. The most favorable line right now for Alabama is minus eight. The most favorable line for Ohio State is plus nine. So when we make our picks, whichever side you want, we'll give, we'll give each other the benefit of the doubt that you get the extra half point or point in whichever direction you want it. Because again, my philosophy for big games like this is, you know, if you have the ability to bet with multiple books, check those books, see where you get the best lines. Um, Cause a, a lot of places will, will weigh the games differently and set different lines to try to differentiate themselves to betters. So with that all being said, Bama starts at minus eight, Ohio state, uh, you can get as much as plus nine. Chris, what do you, who do you like in the national championship on the spread? 
So just rolling back to, to this show, how we started from the beginning. Billy taught you guys, or talked to me, taught me a lot of things about shopping around for lines, and that was more, I remember, when we go back to the first few episodes of this podcast about shopping lines for futures, and I think we did that with Major League Baseball. We talked about some different uh, some different odds that you could find uh, on different sites, the different Vegas uh, leaders, and so on and so forth. To the game itself, um, I don't care if it's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I got Alabama by about 30. I don't think it's close. Mac Jones is going to dominate. Um, I give all the credit in the world, all the credit to the Ohio State coaching staff, especially their offensive staff. I'm telling you, they game-planned Clemson to death. They dominated. They threw so many wrinkles out there that no one had seen. Is the fact that they only had film on six or seven games this year as opposed to 11 or 12. Was that an advantage because they could – keep a little more hidden up their sleeve, possible. Not, don't know. I'm, I'm a basketball coach, not a football coach, and scouting is very, very different for opponents. Um, but I would say there's, some, there's probably some validity to that. Uh, I don't think the talent disparity here can be coached through by Ohio State. Uh, this is the first Alabama team we've ever seen that is so offensive-minded. And you know they've got the talent on the defensive side of the ball, too. But Sarke- what Sarkeesian's done with this offensive talent, the Heisman Trophy winner, um, I, I was pulling for Clemson this game from a fan standpoint because I thought talent-wise they could give Bama a game. I do not, and I'm going to say it as clear as I can, I do not believe Ohio State can give Alabama a game at all. I think this is a blowout. I think Bama wins by a ton. I think this is probably not a very entertaining game that you go home at halftime because Bama's up 35-10. Yes, Notre Dame backdoored their plus 20 or so. Uh, I think Saban puts the foot on the gas. Bama scores over 50, and this is just this is just not a fun game to watch. That's that's my take. Yeah, so, so I'm riding Bama minus eight as well. A lot of my thoughts are around, you know, kind of what you said, right? Ohio State didn't play as many games. They, they were, you know, fresher legs going into the Clemson game because they hadn't played as many. But I don't think they have that benefit here um, because Fields is banged up. He left the game for a very short period of time, maybe like one series or, or you know, three or four plays. Uh, but he took some huge shots. Hundred percent. Even though he came back on the field and was throwing some some sweet passes late in the game too, you know, I I think he is banged up. I think he's hurting, um, and and I just don't think he's going to have that same six touchdown performance versus Bama. And again, three offensive players. I said this last week. Three offensive players on Alabama were top five in the Heisman finalists. Like they have so many offensive weapons. You're not going to slow those guys down. Ohio State's defense is not going to slow those guys down. Um, I like Bama minus eight. I do think it's worth noting. I tweeted this out when the lines were first released, but the lines started at Bama minus six and a half, which I put money on. I loved that line. Obviously, you guys know I like the hooks when it's inside of seven of betting that. Uh, feel less great about betting at minus eight. Uh, you know, I'm not as confident at Chris. I don't, I don't think they're going to win by 30, but you know, I, I still like Bama minus eight more than I like Ohio State plus nine. So I'm, I'm going to ride with you there. The next uh, line we can talk about is the money line. So obviously, you know, you guys should know by now, money line is just outright odds to win the game. 
Bama, you can get as good as minus 285. Ohio State, you can get as good as plus 250. Personally, I'm staying away from this. Uh, I just think, you know, you don't get as – I think Bama's going to win the game. Minus 285, I just kind of like riding the spread better than the odds in the money line there. Um, I think that the reason you would bet money line is if you like Ohio State, um, plus 250, you know, double and a half. Your money there, your, your winnings compared to what you put up. Um, if you like Ohio State, I would look at money line. But personally, I, again, I think Bama's going to win. So I'm staying away from money line. Um, Chris, you have any thoughts there before we go to over under and team points and whatnot? Yeah, actually, I do. I would say this. If you have some money to spend, I like minus 285 for Bama. That's not a crazy, terrible money line for what I think is a ridiculous favorite. Um, I, if, having some, you know, if you throw out a small number, it's just it's just not monetarily worth it. But if you've got some money to spend, I don't think 285 is a terrible bet. I think you're going to get it. I'd be shocked. I just would be absolutely, absolutely 1,000% shocked if if Ohio State wins this game. Shocked. So if you got if you got yes, some money to put up fair with enough. minus two eighty five worth it, I'd do it. Yeah, that that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean it's it's one of those things where, you know, I, I always talk about this with, with some friends just like you know, you know a team like Clemson or Bama is just going to roll on almost every single regular season game. And I I forget what the numbers worked out to be, but one of the smartest bets you can do is just all season, regular season games, just bet Clemson or Bama money line. You get terrible, terrible odds, but they almost never lose. So as long as you're not getting too aggressive and putting up like 100K bets or something, like, you know, it, it's a good strategy to take those money lines on, on solid favorites. Um, so yeah, the logic makes sense. Minus two eighty five is is not an outrageous favorite, um, and and they are you know I, I think a lot of people think they're going to win this game. So let's jump to over under is sitting at for the over. Uh, this one's pretty tight. Over is seventy five. The best I saw the under was seventy five and a half. Um, so not a whole lot of play you can do shopping around there from what I saw. Um, personally, I'm I'm going to ride the under here. Um, just Bama has been putting up so many points. I think they're going to score again. I know Chris, you're, you're saying you like them to put up maybe 50 here. Um, I don't know if Ohio state's going to put up the points they put up against Clemson. I just kind of have a feeling this is going to be a little bit more low scoring than what we saw each of the two teams do in the semifinal. Personally, I'm thinking like a 39 to 30 win, which would hit the under or something like 37, 28, uh, for Bama, so I, I, I'm taking the under. I'm not sure Ohio State can put up enough points. Um, Bama, you know, I, I the break thirty. So I'm thinking under seventy five and a half. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Over under seventy five or seventy five and a half? I gotta admit, this is actually a pretty tough over under because in my head, I'm not, I'm not kidding. The score of the game in my head is 51-24, which is 75 points. Um, huh, I'm going to ride under with Billy, uh, or maybe I should just be a contrarian here and go over just, just to do it. What the hell? Let's take the over 75. I really love the number 75. It's so funny. I, and let me, and I've told you guys before, Billy and I don't talk about this ahead of time. We don't, we don't tell each other what the picks are for one another ahead of time. Um, so I didn't know where he was going to go with that. And I swear – 75 was I'm like this game's right around 75 for me so I'll be a contrarian I'll go over I can see it'd be a couple points under I think that over under is like such a spot-on number it's pretty impressive 
uh, that I think Vegas might be right on the money here. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too because because over unders, right? It, it's one of those interesting things where you know we we kind of disagree about how close this game is going to be. I think it's going to be a little closer than you think, but we agree that seventy five is a pretty pretty solid number. You know, it's, it's funny that you can hit that over under in a blowout, but you can also hit it in a, a pretty close game too. So. Uh, agreed. And that's kind of why when, when we see, you know, a full point swing on the spread, but only a half point swing on the over under uh, kind of tells you that they have that locked in. Um, so I'm taking the over, sorry, I'm taking the under 75 and a half. Chris is taking over 75. Let's go to team points. Um, Bama's over under is 41 and a half for that team. Ohio State's is 33 and a half. Any thoughts there, Chris? Um, um- Yes, those are those I feel much more confident about. I'm, I'm Bama over, Ohio State under. Uh, the Ohio State under, and based on Fields' health, I could I could be a little shaky on that. I feel super super confident in Bama over 41. I just feel super confident in that. I I think they're scoring 50. I think Mac is going off. I think they're throwing the ball over a lot. I think there's just such a talent disparity. There are first round and second round picks all over this roster. Um, and I think Saban hasn't won in like a, like what, two or three years because Clemson's got a couple and he's pissed. And I think there's just him getting another title here. And I, I, I feel like we are going to see a relentless Nick Saban, a relentless Steve Sarkeesian with the offense as he's about to depart for Texas. Uh, I just think there's, this is like uber motivation from from some coaches and some players who uh, who feel like they've actually approached this season the right way. Obviously, with all that's gone on, we really haven't had issues out of Bama. Of all the teams, the SEC, we have not had a bunch of COVID issues out of Bama, uh, which is pretty impressive. And I think now that it's like at the culmination point, I just think they're going to go nuts here. Yeah, so, so yeah, I mean, we, we kind of talked about this same narrative. I'm less convinced that Bama is going to blow them out of the water. So, so of these, I actually like the Ohio State under for 33 and a half, kind of based on that conversation I was having around, you know, is Justin Fields really healthy? I know he's going to start, but is he going to be the same guy that we saw early on in that uh, Clemson game last week? Um, so I'm taking Ohio State under. I'm staying away from the Bama line because I totally see a world in which they put up 50. Um, but I could see them, you know, struggling a little bit more than than you know what we saw in in weeks past. I, I I'm trying to think back to the the Bama Notre Dame game last week. I'm going to look it up. I, I don't know what their point total was. I think it was somewhere in the 40s. Um, give me one second. I'm pulling that up right now. They scored 31 first Notre Dame right. From total, I'm taking Ohio State under 33 and a half. So the last college football uh, line we have here, I thought it was just interesting to talk about. Um, first team to score, Bama is a favorite, obviously at minus 152. Ohio State is plus 110. Um, this is an interesting bet, right? Because a, a lot of it, obviously, all betting relies on chance a little bit, but this one relies a lot on what happens in the coin toss. Um, this is something where the first team to get the ball is obviously immediately becomes the live betting favorite because um, they get that ball first. Um, to me, it doesn't really matter. I'm taking Bama minus 152 here. Um, I trust that the first time they get the ball, 
their offense is going to score, whether that's, you know, right off the kickoff and they get the ball first, or, you know, I, I think it's decently likely they can stop Ohio State. So to me, Bama minus 152 um, is a pretty solid bet on first to score. But, uh, you know, admittedly, it, you know, it, it doesn't look as good if after the, the coin toss, Ohio State ends up with a ball first. Um, Chris, do you have any picks there or are you passing on first to score? No, I like this, and actually, I'm, I'm going to go uh, opposite you. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking Ohio State on this. Uh, obviously, it's a 50-50 situation with regard to the coin toss. Uh, I do like Ohio State to score points early in this game. I do believe they are doing a great coaching job, which is what won them the Clemson game schematically. So I wouldn't be surprised if in the first quarter, the first couple of drives, they can fool the Bama defense before the Bama barrage happens that I'm predicting is going to happen. Um, so if Ohio State gets the ball first, I, I actually think it's a very strong feeling that they would score that first drive. And simply since the coin toss is 50-50, I'm going to take the plus 110 because that's just a better number for me. No, the, I mean, that map totally checks out. You know, if you're confident that either team is going to score, like whoever gets the ball first after the kickoff, then obviously, you know, 50-50, why not give yourself a better payout at plus 110? Uh, that does include field goals too, by the way. It's not a... You know, it doesn't have to be a touchdown. You know, they can kick a field goal to win that. So, all right, quick recap before we get into NFL. NCAA football championship game. Both Chris and I are riding Bama minus eight. I am taking the under 75 and a half. Chris is taking over 75. Chris likes the over 41 and a half for Alabama team points. I'm riding under 33 and a half for Ohio State. And then first to score, I'm on Bama minus 152. Chris is on Ohio State plus 110. All right. Any other thoughts before we hit Wild Card Weekend? No, let's hit the playoffs, man. I am I am excited. This is the first time in NFL history we're going to have three playoff games on back-to-back days. We ever had three playoff games in a day, so we got it twice. And a uh, little promotion here for the bar, guys. We other than the Bucks Washington game, which is sold out, I've got tables available for every other playoff game right now. If you go on our social media, we've been promoting it. We're going to do uh, $25 open bars for the 1 o'clock and 4.30 games each. Not total. You don't get 25 bucks and pay for, for six, seven hours of drinking for each game. And then for what we're doing for the evening games, because we are mandated to know we cannot serve alcohol past 10 p.m. Uh, in D.C. right now, what we're going to do is our usual Sunday mega bucket specials. get eight fun nights for 28 bucks for the 8 o'clock games. If you want to stay past 10 o'clock, you do have to order a food item, which you have to do anyway per table, and what we will actually offer, and we are mandating that it's one per table, so it's worth our time staying, is we have mega buckets of Budweiser Zero. Yes, Budweiser Zero is a non-alcoholic Budweiser. Uh, we have sold a couple of those buckets lately for uh, late in the season when guys are staying for Thursday night football, and the feedback's been positive. If you guys want to stay and hang out and watch the end of that Bucks washington game, um, that's how you do it at Dirty Water. So just throwing that out there. Um, but, no, I'm excited. I am ready to watch six NFL playoff games in two days. I'm pumped. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a blast, man. This wild card weekend is shaping up to be a good one. Um, again, Dirty Water like, has outdoor seating. D.C., I think indoor seating is closed until the 14th or the 15th. Or something, but D- Dirty Water obviously has outdoor seating with TVs. Uh, there's only one wild card game on at a time, so it's not like you need a whole barrage of TVs to have inside. And they've got heaters 
Um, so go by for sure. Let's get started with our picks here. We'll do these in order. First game is in the AFC, the Colts and the Bills. The Bills are at home, six and a half point favorites. Over under is 51. I am all in on Jonathan Taylor. I am all in on the Colts winning this game. I'm taking the Colts plus six and a half. I love this team. Rivers, who I have criticized over the years as much as anyone for his turnovers in fourth quarters of games. I think the way Reich is coaching him, I give Rivers credit. He has allowed himself to be coached. He has allowed himself to play in a different system. This isn't the AFC West. He's not a charger. Just chucking them all over the field in the fourth quarter. This is the opposite. And much like what I see, what I see out of the Colts right now is a lot like what I saw, what we all saw out of the Tennessee Titans a year ago. As this season's gotten late, they're running the ball even more and more. What did Taylor he had? He had like 250 last week. I feel like this is where this is going. Uh, the Bills want an explosive game. They want to get into a shootout. They've had such a great offense all year. But I'll tell you what, they cannot stop the run. And I feel like the Colts are going to control this game. with They're even even helping their own defense by staying off the field. They're going to control the game with their offensive running game. Um, and I like the Colts plus six and a half here. Yeah, so I'm going to disagree with you. I think this one is a is an interesting matchup. There's a couple of these wild card games that I'm I'm pairing. You know, you know, think about a parlay. Obviously, the way we do picks is just going to be on the spread. Anything I throw out for over under or parlays, you know, I'll, I'll recap how they do next week. But our picks are based on the spread. But I do think like a lot of these games, the way I think about them is is parlay the spread with an over under. So for example, here the Colts Bills, I like Bills minus six and a half. I think that line's a little too high. A lot of like mathematical models, not to get super nerdy on you, but there's like computer programs that rank what they predict the spread to be, what the spread should be. A lot of those are saying it's closer to four or five. And I think Vegas knows people are going to bet on the bills, but because it stays under that seven point hook for me, I'm going to ride the bills and I'm going to parlay it with the over as well as a, as a separate bet. Um, I think if you like the bills to cover seven, um, you know, it's because you like the Bills offense and you think they're going to score a lot, um, which tends to lean you towards that over. Um, so I'm, I'm taking, you know, just just totally separate. Bills minus six and a half is my pick, uh, but I also like a parlay with that in the over. Um, let's go to the Saturday 4 p.m. game here. Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks at home are three-point favorites. The big story here, right, like Seahawks are going to play who we know they're going to play. Rams last week started John Ward to a win over Kyler Murray and the Cardinals to get him in the playoffs. We don't know if Jared Goff is going to be back. Every report that I've seen so far says that McVay is going to keep that close to his chest until kickoff or until as close to kickoff as he can. Um, so this is a weird one because we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. And that's kind of a big fucking deal. Um, so for that reason, I'm hedging my bets thinking that Walford's going to play. Uh, I'm thinking Seahawks minus three. Um, Chris, what do you think about that? You know, after having to sit out the first week and a half of the season, John Wall came out in his first two games and scored 25 each for the Rockets, which was pretty impressive. Uh, loving what John <laughs> Wall's doing down in Houston. Oh, John Walford. Sorry. Wall, yeah. My man was dropping some dimes last week. He got him into the playoffs. 
Now, most of the reason that they got into the playoffs last week is because Kyler Murray went down the first quarter of that game. Uh, and I'm not saying the Rams would have lost if Murray played the whole game, but if, if, if you don't think that was an enormous factor in that game, you're, you're out of your mind. And I know Murray tried to come back in the fourth quarter, but it was, it was too little too late. The Rams' defense had taken over the game. Yep. Um, I love Seattle in this game. I, I don't think the Rams have enough offense. I love the Rams' defense, but this Seattle offense is elite, uh, top three or four in the league. I, I don't see how the Rams keep up, but I'm not necessarily saying that Seattle's going to run up and down the field on them. Uh, but Metcalf and Lockett and Carson running the ball and Russell, you know, who who the first half of the season was the MVP leader. Obviously, the second half, he kind of faded back behind Rodgers and Mahomes. Um, but I fully expect at home for Seattle to kind of just do what they need to do. I'm surprised this line isn't bigger. I'm actually shocked this line isn't bigger. This is strictly a home field line, which is ridiculous to me. I think Seattle wins the game by 10, 14 points, something like that. Not a blowout, not a ridiculous type of game. It's a division rivalry. They know each other well. Uh, but Seattle's just better, especially offensively. The Rams just will not be able to keep up. I'm looking at something maybe in the neighborhood of 27-17 Seattle. Okay. Um, that interesting, that 27-17 pick. It's 44 points. The over-under is 42, which is the lowest of any game in the wildcard slate this weekend. I like the over there. Um, you know, we're both riding Seahawks minus three. I like over 42 just because it is. it seems really low for like a Russell Wilson offense, which I know they've struggled a little bit at the tail end of the season, putting up points like we saw early, you know, but it's still Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf. Those guys can can put up yards in, you know, very quickly in, in short span. So I like over 42. Um, the big question is, you know, who, who the Rams are starting and if they can keep up. I agree with you there. But uh, on the record, both of us are riding Seahawks minus three. Okay, Saturday night game. Our hometown heroes, the Washington whatevers, are uh, going to be playing at home FedEx Field against Tom Brady and the Bucks. The line here uh, has moved a little bit. It started a little closer than this, but Bucks are minus eight-point favorites on the road. What do you think? This game is, is tricky. It, it, it is because the Bucks have been so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, we've seen this explosive Bucks offense that we know should have been with all that talent. Brady's thrown it just, you know, pro bowler after pro bowler out there. Between Gronk's the Hall of Famer. A.B. was heading to the Hall of Fame. I mean, Mike Evans just had his 7,000-yard season, and Godwin became the number one receiver last year ahead of Evans. I mean, it's it's unbelievable what they put out there. Um, there is something gritty about Ron Rivera and Alex Smith. I'm going to take the plus. I'm going to take Washington. I don't really believe they can win this game. I like them to keep it close. I think Chase Young is going to be a major factor. He is going to hit Brady. I love this kid that he's talking, that he wants the goat. He wants to get him. I mean, go get him, kid. I mean, if you're the New York Giants, how much are you kicking yourself last year in Week 17 by winning that game against Washington in overtime that's lost you the number two pick and dropped you to number three, which handed Chase Young to your division arrival? And guess what? They just won the division with a peg-leg quarterback and a first-round pass rush pick. Uh, I think Chase Young is going to be a star for a long time. I think he's going to have an impact in this game. I love, the, I love Washington's front. In the end, Brady probably wins this game. Um, but they're just so darn Jekyll and Hyde. And I still, to this moment, 
don't love the relationship between Brady and Arians. I think it's been strained. I think if they get into a close game, if they're not just winning early, I think there's, I could see some disagreement. Uh, I'm going to rely on Brady to probably pull it out in the end of the Bucks to move forward. Um, but I, I tell you what, any for, forget just you know who your team is, and you know I know we're in Washington D.C., but clearly we're the Boston Bar, we're a Patriots Bar. I'm certainly not a Washington whatever you want to call them kettleballers, CrossFitters fan. But you got to be a fan of what Alex Smith has come back from. I mean, you're talking about a guy who almost died because of an infection from snapping his leg in two two years ago, and then you've got a coach who in the preseason, early season, was getting chemo. And he's never missed a day. you got to respect that. So, if for nothing else, uh, me taking Washington here is I'm just rooting for him. So, that's, there, there's my take on that. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, it, it, you know, the spread is, you know, it's one of those that I look at and I'm like, man, I, I, if this was a point in either direction, I, I would take whatever team it, it moved towards. Um You, you got to be, you know, rooting for the guys. I, I certainly have no relationship to the Bucks, so you know, in my heart, I'm pulling for Washington to to get the upset here. But my wallet is pulling for the Bucks at minus eight. Um, this is one of those games, like I mentioned, with the Colts Bills, where you know you think about the over under, you know, in conjunction with who you're pulling for on the spread. The over under is 44. Uh, if you like the Bucks, it's because you think that offense with Tom Brady is going to score a lot. You probably want to parlay that with the over, which is what I'm going to do. If you like Washington, you like that defense to keep close. The Bucks, I just, you know, Alex Smith has been a great story, but he didn't look that great last week versus the Eagles. A lot of questions about if they even win that game, if they don't bench Jalen Hurts, the Eagles do. So, you know, Washington has had moments where they've played, you know, teams very well. They put a whooping on my Steelers, but I just don't know that they're going to get it done against the Bucks here. I'm taking Bucks minus eight. Okay, moving on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. We start at 1 p.m. Ravens at the Titans. Uh, Titans at home are three point underdogs versus the Ravens. What do you got there, Chris? Love the Titans. Love Derrick Henry. Love this team in the playoffs. Last year, they got to the AFC title game. I could see that happening again. The Ravens, the last two years, have faltered in the playoffs. I see that happening again. There's something about Lamar Jackson. He's just a better regular season guy. He's a stat guy. I just don't believe he can make the big offensive play in a playoff game. I know Tennessee's defense has been bad, um, but Vrabel knows what he's doing. They'll force Lamar to throw to the outside, which I don't think he can do. He is so reliant on throwing down the middle of the field or obviously making plays with his legs. Um, this is the playoff, the focus raises. This is where pinpoint accuracy is more important. This is why Brady has six Super Bowls, because he's the best at that in these playoff situations. Uh, Lamar is not. Nothing against him. I think he's a very exciting player. He won the league MVP last year. Um, but this type of game is just made for the Tennessee Titans. I'm going to take them. Yeah, I'm, I'm riding with the Titans here as well. Um, this one, yeah, I wasn't totally solo on because the Ravens do have an explosive offense. But really, I think what drove me to Titans plus three is uh, two things. One, the game last year, both these teams are, are pretty similar. 
teams to, to who they were last year. Um, maybe the Titans even got better in the past game with Tannehill and AJ Brown. Um, the Ravens are a very similar team. Uh, very good at running the ball. Lamar Jackson can throw when he needs to. Um, maybe the Titans defense is a little worse, but you know, just looking at what Derrick Henry did to them in the playoffs last year, um, I, I kind of feel like they can pull the up. The Ravens is so looking at their schedule. They haven't really been challenged in the last looking at their schedule, seven games. They played the Steelers was really the, the best team they played. And then they put up 14 points against them. Um, they all. Just, you know, they haven't shown that they can beat really good teams. And personally, I think Tennessee is probably a better team than the Browns. Um, I, I just I just see them being able to pull this one off in a decently high scoring game. Um, the over under is 54 and a half. I'm staying away from that. I don't really know how I feel about it. Uh, obviously, you know, th- this is the highest line of any of the, the playoff games by a decent margin, three or four points. Um, Titans are not known for defense and the Ravens are known for offense. So I'm kind of staying away from it. 54 and a half is kind of a high line, uh, but we are both riding with the Titans. Okay, let's go to Sunday, 4 p.m. The Bears and the Saints. This is the biggest spread of all of the playoff games. Saints at home are favored by 10. Chris, what are your thoughts? Looks like Michael Thomas is going to play, which is great. Kamara can come off COVID on Sunday. Um, So far, it looks good for him to play. I was going to go emotional hedge. for those of you who know, I'm definitely pulling for the Saints here. My affinity for New Orleans, lived there for many years. Um, I was going to pick the Bears to emotionally head like Billy does with the Steelers sometimes or he does with UVA. Uh, you know what? But I'm not going to do that. Uh, I hate watching the Bears play. I know Trubisky's finally gotten hot. He hasn't seen this defense yet. I'm, I'm, I'm going and leaning hard on the Saints minus 10 here because of that defense. It's really that's the main reason. I know Breeze hasn't been great, um, but he's going to have Michael Thomas back. You know, if you watch Breeze the last several years, he throws to Michael Thomas a ton. Thomas is back. Kamara's back. The first time maybe all year he's he's got everybody. Uh, Sanders looked good. Sanders had had eight catches last week to get his bonus. He's looking pretty good out there. And I think the Saints offense will do what they need to do. But I love the Saints defense in this spot. I think they're going to force Trubisky in a bunch of mistakes and turnovers. Uh, I think the Saints win is going away. All right. Well, I'm taking the Bears. So another one where we're uh, we're picking against each other here. I, I just ten points seems like a lot. I know the Bears aren't at the same caliber as the Saints. I fully expect the Saints to win this game, um, but I think the Bears' offense has been a little better recently. Um, you have a good point. The Saints' defense is a little better than some of the teams the Bears have been playing. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's a, a good chance Dave Montgomery's been running the ball much better in, in the last couple of weeks of the regular season. I think the Bears have a shot to keep it close by a touchdown. So I think they can cover. And that's what I'm betting here. Um, kind of in line with that bet, I'm, I'm thinking this is a, an over game. It's 47 is the over under uh, just because I think the Bears can put up you know, 20 plus points. And I think the the saints will probably put up 30 plus. So I'm riding over 47 as well. Okay. Final game. My Pittsburgh Steelers are six point favorites at home against the Browns. Uh, This is an interesting one because this will be the third time these teams face each other 
this season. They just played in Week 17. Steelers, without some notable starters, kept it to a two-point game. Uh, obviously, they will have those starters back and rested for this game. Um, I'm riding Steelers minus six. I know I, I talk about the emotional hedge. Uh, I just I don't think the Browns are going to win this game. They've had some COVID issues that lingered into this week where they haven't opened up their practice facilities as of yesterday. Um, I don't know if they are practicing today or not, but if they don't, they will not have a practice before this game in person. Um, I just, I don't know if the Browns, you know, have it together. I think their their coach is out for this game too. Um, because of that, minus six is it. In this game, where are you, you betting here? I hope I hope you're hearing me because I think we got a little disconnected there, a little little fade out. Um, so hopefully you guys are hearing what I'm saying. Hopefully Billy's I can hear you just fine. I, I think I I think the COVID factor can't be uh, stated enough in this in this game. I think the Browns are decimated by this. Losing the head coach, and they've got players out. We really don't know how many players might be out because it seems like they have a little problem there with this. Um, coming into this pre pre the announcement. Uh, of what was going on with the team with COVID again. And I mean, this just happened a couple of weeks ago. They, they didn't have a wide receiver available against the Jets, which was ridiculous. Um, I was kind of leaning to the Browns here. Given the COVID situation, I am shocked the line didn't jump. I mean, jump. Uh, I think the Steelers win this game. I I, I think the Browns are going to just have problems operating what they're doing. Uh, and I, I understand everybody's professional there. Alex Van Pelt's going to coach the team. There's going to be players missing. It's the playoffs, and this stuff does matter. Having the head coach, having players, it matters, guys. You miss, you miss your leadership, and that, there's a problem. Um, Tomlin will coach this game. Steelers seem to be in order. Billy's right. They started sitting out last time uh, in the same matchup, and that was the game the Browns had to win, so it wasn't like the Browns took that game lightly, and they squeaked it out. Um, I have not – and I, I – I hear Billy's tone for the last month, and I don't disagree with it. I have not loved how the Steelers have looked for the last, you know, five, six weeks. They did have a big win against the Colts a couple weeks ago, which was uh, which was telling that, that they weren't dead. Uh, but, again, throw the COVID factor in here. I got the Steelers minus the points. I, I think they win this. I think uh, it's just kind of a too-bad situation for the Browns. These fans have waited so long to get a playoff game. They've got it against a rival. They just beat that rival. But now they've got people in the organization missing. Uh, it just is what it is, guys. COVID does this. Um, and, and I like the Steelers for that reason. Cool. So we're both riding Steelers minus six. Um, the over-under here is 47.5. I like the under um, mostly because I just – like I know, you know, we know the Steelers defense is good. We know the Steelers defense is going to hold – the Browns down somewhere in the 20s or maybe even less. Uh, the big question is obviously what Steelers offense is going to show up. We've seen both sides of it throughout the season. They've never been one of the most explosive offenses in the league, but they have had games where they looked very efficient. They have had games like versus the Bengals and the Washington whatevers, but they've looked abysmal on offense. So because we're not sure which one's going to show up, I'm riding the under 47 and a half there as well. Um, and that wraps up our picks. So in summary, Chris is on Colts plus six and a half. I'm on Bills minus six and a half. Uh, we're both riding Seahawks minus three. We're split on I'm riding Bucks minus eight. You're riding Washington plus eight. Uh, you are rocking with me on the Texans as three-point underdogs. 
Uh, Bears, the Saints, oh, the, the Titans. Sorry, the Titans. It's my. Uh, Um, Bears and Saints, you're taking Saints minus 10. I'm on Bears plus 10, and we're both taking Steelers minus 6. So that wraps up our NFL wildcard picks, Dirty Water podcast episode number 24. Uh, The last thing that I will leave everyone with is it is a wild time out there, and I'm just so thankful to have sports to kind of be a a pleasant distraction. The craziness going on. Uh, I hope everyone, you know, sees it the same way, where it's a, an opportunity to kind of get away from things and and you know have joy and frustration and anger and uh, you know some time to to spend with the the people you're close with, watching your your favorite team or rooting against your least favorite team. So um, very appreciative to have these sports in these trying times, and I hope you all come out to Dirty Water and uh, drink some Bud Lights and and. Watch the games with us. Guys, Billy's right. I mean, you know, sports is, it's not serious. We take it seriously, but it's not serious. It's fun. Come on out. Let's have some fun. Let's watch some football. Uh, You think about where we've gone, uh, given when COVID all started and we started this podcast and we got in a full baseball season. uh, We got in, they came back with the NBA and NHL seasons and now the NBA is back again and the NHL is about to be back again. Pretty impressive what these leagues have done. I think there was a lot of skepticism going into the NFL season, given that they were going to allow themselves to travel, not be bubbles. Uh, we went through some weeks there where it was a couple of close calls, a couple of Tuesday games, a Wednesday game. Um, but they got it done. And here we are at the playoffs. Um, unfortunately for the Browns, they've got a COVID issue. It looks like most of the teams in the playoffs, aside from that, are in pretty decent shape. We talked about Camara. Um, but guys, come on out. I have outdoor seating. Uh, you're socially distanced. We have 10 tables, five in the patio, five in the rooftop. We've got heaters out there, tents. It's actually not awful. Uh, we did our Barstool fundraiser last night. There were a lot of positive comments about, oh, it's actually not that freezing out here at all. Because we've, we've upped our heater game as much as possible. Uh, you guys know Jeff. Uh, Jeff is like the man who can build or fix anything. Uh, he installed more heaters yesterday. We got some propane, some electric. We got this and that going, but we've made it as comfortable as we possibly can. Given that it's January and we're in the winter, you got to sit outside. Um, like I said, outside of the Bucks Washington game, tables are available. Uh, message me on the Dirty Water DC Instagram. Uh, DM me on that. That's how you get yourself a table. We do by reservations. That's so that we can kind of follow the tracing if if uh, if the city asks us for it. Um, that's kind of how we keep keep names and keep that information. Um, but that's it, guys. Let's uh, look. This is our Kobe episode, and we're almost on one year of of, of missing uh, a lot of people's favorite player out there, Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's coming up in a week or two. Um, so this is January eighth, and this is our twenty fourth episode. Um, guys, for those of you that have been kind of following us and listening, you know we really we really appreciate it. Uh, and I'm going to make one last pitch. Please, please, please donate to the Barstool Fund. Uh, come out on Wednesdays. You know, donate on your own or come out and drink with us on Wednesdays and donate that way. Do it either way. But please do it because there are a lot, a lot of people hurting right now. Um, and if you have the ability to drop a 20, drop a 20. If you can do more, that's even better. Uh, so that's it for episode 24. Thanks, guys.
See ya.